I'm Andrew Sherman. I'm a Texas transplant who has always been in pursuit of art as a career. I've played in bands, pursued an acting career in Hollywood, but I found it behind the lens of a camera here in Dallas, Texas. I was born in New York, I've lived in Chicago, Los Angeles, Austin, but I love Dallas. There's a magical artistic scene in Dallas that mostly goes unnoticed to the outside world. This podcast is focused on what makes it so special and the people who make it thrive artistically. If you don't live here, and even if you do, you might not have heard of them. This is the Dallas Famous Podcast. So who you gonna be? Who you gonna be when you're all grown up? Who you gonna be? Who you gonna be when you're all for us? Yeah, who you gonna be? Who you gonna be when you're all grown up? Who you gonna be? Who you gonna be when you're all for us? Today's guest on the Dallas Famous Podcast is Jessica Waffles. Waffles, as she prefers to be called, is the true definition of a content creator. She's a fantastic photographer as well as videographer and writer. She's the main content creator for KXT Radio as well as her own publication, Waffles Weekly. She's also a musician and a really positive person, so I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Waffles. Okay, so I have here today with me Jessica Waffles. So let's start with Waffles. How'd you get the name? Waffles. Okay, so I've been called Waffles since I was like 16-ish, 16 years old. And uh, it was originally Waffle Face from something that happened in school. I was uh, in computer class at the time when that was still a thing. and Waffle Face? Yeah, so I fell asleep on my computer keyboard <laughs> and it made an imprint of a waffle-shaped I've never thing heard that before. on my face. <laughs> that's yeah. That's where it comes from. That's where it came from. That's And then it changed to waffles when I started raving. Okay. And and somebody was like, "Oh, at my first rave, they're like, "Oh, do you have a rave name?" And I was like, "No, I don't have one yet. This is my first rave." And they were like, "Well, did you ever have a nickname?" And I was like, "Uh, Waffle Face." And then they said, "Waffles, perfect." And instantly I was like, "Yes." Interesting. I am Waffles, and that's how it happened. Okay. I didn't, that's is all new for me. I didn't know that rave people had a separate name either. Oh, yeah. Oh, a that's a huge thing. Huh. Yeah. Okay. God, I just <laughs> went to late some night. Nobody told me to give them a new name. I don't know. Weird. Oh, I've named some people. It's pretty fun because then you get to be a rave mom if you name somebody. Oh. Or a rave parent, you know? <laughs> I think I, I was just too old. I missed that whole thing. Um, okay. Well, uh, let's, I guess, let's start with, I know you're not from Dallas, so... Let's start like pre-Texas, pre-Dallas, like like origin story for Waffles. Like, Okay. I know you're an artist, so. Yeah, totally. So I grew up in Los Angeles, like born and raised L.A. area, um, kind of like all around the area because I just, I was into raving, like I mentioned earlier. And um, that's when I first started taking photos. Like my mom bought me my first camera when I was in like my beginning of my senior year in high school. They were like, she was like, hey, take this little pocket camera, go make some memories with your friends. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I didn't use it for that. And then I ended up taking photos of like DJs and party people. And all I really wanted to do was like document something I thought was cool happening in like the underground rave scene at the time. And that's where that passion kind of started. And she also got me my first guitar when I was 16. And so like both of those things kind of started to go hand in hand even though guitar took a while, honestly, I didn't really pick it back up until I moved to Texas, the guitar stuff. But 
Um, I ended up moving to Texas, chasing a job, actually. It was kind of something that landed in my lap in a time that sucked. I was couch surfing at the time. I think I was like 19. My mom had just passed away earlier that year. She had long history of medical stuff. And when I was kind of left alone in that time in my life, I had a boyfriend for a little bit, but that washed away. And I was just a little aimless, a little kind of like, hey, I am down on my luck. I need some places to stay sometimes. I would couch surf here on a friend's couch, hang out and um, like watch somebody's house for a week or something. And I ended up on the couch with somebody that was already planning to move to Texas. Him and his lady and his brother and his brother's friend, like they were all planning to come to Texas to manage a thing called Color Fun Fest 5K. And it was just like a color run back in the day when that was like a niche thing and lots of people were doing it. And they were going to come out here and bail out a company that was like $60,000 in debt, but they knew how to run a run. And they were just already having their going away party and being like, all right, cool, we're going to Texas and uh, it's going to be a good time. We're going to travel the country and throw all these things all around the country. And as this guy, Jamie Liebert was his name, he's like skydiving somewhere in the other side of the world these days. <laughs> um, but he was just kind of giving his speech to his friends and then nonchalantly said like, you know, and if Waffles wanted to come, whatever. And then just goes on with his speech. And I'm like, did he really just say that? Did he say that I could come with them? Like, that's crazy. I was just trying to look for a job and just trying to like get on my feet. Um, in L- in California at the time. And I had no idea that he would offer that to me, even non-directly. So I took like two days and really, really thought about it and thought about what it would mean to come here. And I hit him, I like talked to him a couple days later and was like, hey, did you really mean that? Were you like serious when you said that I could come to Texas with y'all? Actually, I said you guys because I didn't say y'all yet. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> so when he said, yes, I'm serious, you can come with us. If you're willing to be low man on the totem pole, do the grunt work, we can already see uh, that you are willing to help Sandra do some marketing stuff. Because while I was staying on their couch, they made sure that I was being productive. I was looking for a job. I was helping Sandra do some background work. Uh, Sandra was his lady. That was running the marketing side of things for the for the run so they saw that I could be useful and I took the leap I didn't have anything holding me back anymore in California I my family was kind of just not really there like my mom was gone my sister had her own thing going on my brother had her had his own thing going on my dad was in Arizona it was all it was the right timing Mm-hmm. And if my mom hadn't have passed away, I probably wouldn't have done that. You know, I wouldn't have left her alone there. Sure. But as it so happens, it was the best decision of my life so far. But okay, so the question. So like you had no concept of Texas at that point. You just kind of were like, this is just where they were going. So that's why you ended up here. Yes. Okay. All I knew is that it was the company was based in Dallas. And that was because it was in the middle of the country, which made it easier to tour right. to the rest of the country. Yes. And that was the main driving factor for me was that, well, I could travel the country on not on my own dime and just work for it. And that was probably the coolest aspect of the job. Sure. So I got to travel 
all over the country from both sides, plus all the way to Alaska. Wow. And that was probably one of the coolest trips of my life. Also, in that time, I became a skydiver, uh, got my license, Whoa. and jumped over 30 times. Wow. In like two years. Okay. That's something I will never do. <laughs> I think I've like passed my threshold of beer or like I was mm. not a young man anymore. Um, right. Yeah. But so, okay. So you're traveling the country, but you're based in Dallas, essentially. You're just not spending as much time here yet. Um, and then you're also playing guitar at this point, taking photos. So none of that yet at okay. the time. Like okay. we got here January 2014 and I didn't go to my first show until August 2015. Do you remember what show? It was Charlie Crockett. Ooh, nice. <laughs> I know he was still just like our local boy, you right. know, doing what he's doing, but like on a lower level. And uh, it was at Nate's Seafood Bar or Nate's Seafood Bar and Grill. Is that what it's called that still? Sounds familiar. Yeah, it's in Addison. And it was... The first time I had ever seen live music in Texas. Right. And it was because of a Dallas Observer article. Actually, I was getting my boss's car cleaned. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just sitting in the waiting room and flipping through the Dallas Observer. And it had that photo of Charlie on the sidewalk. And just it, and it told the story of how he's been busking, was in New York, all this other stuff. I was like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. I listened to him on SoundCloud. <laughs> right. <laughs> listened to that first album, Stolen Jewel, and I was like, dang, this guy is good. Oh, man, he's local. I could probably go see a show. And two days later, he was playing at Nate's. Huh. I was like, I'm going to go. Why not? Yeah. What else am I going to do with my time besides work? You know. And I remember that first time being just like enthralled by the conviction of the artist on stage with him. Because mm -hmm. it was him and... uh Oh, what's his name? Smokey Rose. But he goes by the other name now. Anyway, I just saw this group of artists living their life as artists. And I hadn't really thought of that as a concept in my newly adult life now. Mm -hmm. And that night, I think, is when I picked up my guitar because I had it with me. But I picked it up again to, like, write a song. And it was actually shortly after that that I left that job because I realized how heavy it was on my spirit and at the time <laughs> yeah because you were just you had no time for do your own thing or it was that and and a lot of problems began to arise in those two years that were coming from above me mm -hmm. and then you just kind of deal with all of the crap after that sure. you know and it just wasn't worth it to me anymore at the time so it was kind of like a mutual separation right and they went off and did their own thing and i started to figure out what my life looked like in dallas right and so okay so like you're playing a little guitar are you, are you doing open mics you're doing anything live i was doing open mics yeah in 2016 mm -hmm. so like i really started to get into it in 2016 i was working at another job doing event production because when in my time with color fun fest i went from the bottom to like just in like the third position of the company running a lot of things. So mm -hmm. I gained a lot of confidence in being able to do production and with events. And so I was working another event production job at the time, but still following this like creative spark that I had found and playing music and meeting people. That's where I met like Drew, Deanna, you know, uh -huh. like RIP. But his spirit definitely embodied everything that is good about Dallas and the music scene here. Yeah, he's an optimistic guy, to say the least. Exactly. Yeah. And through that, I, I met a lot of people and 
And then eventually that job ended and I was just kind of like, well, what do I do? What have I always loved to do? And it was photography and music. And so I start, I made like this intentional shift in my mind of saying, I want to be a full-time artist. I've seen people here be full-time artists and be able to live their life that way. Even if they're not like, quote unquote, making it, Mm -hmm. they are still able to have freedoms that a lot of people don't. And so in June 2017 is when I restarted Waffles Weekly Mm -hmm. because I originally started that as a rave thing in 2012. Okay. That's when Waffles Weekly was born was in 2012. But then I revived it in 2017. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how I got to know you, I think, from afar first. I mean, I guess you had Waffles Weekly before you met up with Johnny, right? I mean, like in Dallas, you had it before that. Yes. Yeah. Like, it was December 2017 when Johnny just hit me up through Instagram. I was like, hey, I love what you're doing. I have a publication in Fort Worth called En La Calle. And I would love for you to write for me on the Dallas beat. Mm -hmm. Like he was covering Fort Worth and I would do like a page with my own branding, which was really, really cool. Like that blew my mind that he offered to have a full page of a Waffles Weekly Dallas beat um, featuring artists from Dallas Mm -hmm. in his magazine. And so Johnny Govia was one of my first champions when it came to publicly supporting me in that way yeah that's cool he actually published my first photo as well oh, so cool. yeah he's a good dude I, I wish he could i wish he could get backing and keep that thing going i really liked that that magazine me too okay so you've made this decision to be a photographer artist like what percentage is it photo music at that point okay Uh at that point i was still super super green to the music scene when it came to trying to photograph it um i had been supporting it since i found that charlie crockett show in 2015 i was going to shows and like buying merch and like trying to say hey friends go to this but um it was definitely still hard to understand how to charge money and make a living out of doing that so most of the jobs that i had at the time were gigging at like photo booths for weddings or doing seasonal easter and christmas photo booths at the mall or something like that that's i feel like that's the challenge for all artists how do i monetize my art without selling it out or without not like hating it basically anymore you know Mm -hmm. um but yeah yeah so it took definitely a couple of years before i could really understand the process of what people expect and understand what it took for me and how many hours of time and life it took for me to deliver something that was worth anything. Sure. Yeah, that's the first question young photographers are like, well, how much do I charge? It's like, "Mm, nothing for a long time. (laughs) For a long time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to get, actually, I want to get to more photo talk, but like I want to get through like your history. So, okay, so you do, you're doing, now you've kind of figured out your way into the music scene a little bit as a photographer or a lot, I should say, because I mean, I started seeing you everywhere I went. I, I kind of started just after you, I think. Um, and then, gosh, there's I, probably a lot of stuff in the middle there, but then KXT opportunity comes along 
So let's talk about that a little bit. How did that all come about? Yeah. So KXT just happened. It feels like it just happened, but it was like it was a while ago, a, a year, year ago, ago yeah. now. It's like November or October 2021 is when I started shooting for KXT Radio. And that came because somebody sent me a thing that said, hey, look, KXT's hiring. You would be perfect for this position. I can't even remember who did that, but I was just like, oh, sure, yeah, I'll apply to that. I love KXT. Mm. Uh, and it was really funny, too, because when I first started shooting again and I had all of this like event production experience behind me, one of the first things I did was go to a KXT sunset show at the Dallas Arboretum in 2017, and I approached Amy Miller because I knew what she looked like because I heard her on the radio and I looked her up. I was like, okay, I'm going to go find out, see what I can see what I can do. And I was like, hey, are you guys hiring for like event production? Uh-huh. And I, they said no at the time, but it's so funny because I, I already had them on the radar since the beginning. Like, I want to work for KXT. Sure. That's a really cool thing to be a part of. And it's been so cool being able to put on so many different eclectic, diverse artists from the Dallas, Fort Worth, Denton music scene. Because even when I was in the hiring process and interviewing and stuff, I spoke with Sylvia, who is a diversity director, I believe. And she was just like, I really want to know if you are down to cover all kinds of music, even if you might not be into it. And I was like, that sounds perfect. Yeah. I am mostly into all things. And it would be hard. I'd be hard pressed to find something I wasn't that into and people sure. were interested in that I would want to cover. And it's been really crazy. I just wrote my 130th article. Wow. For KXT. Wow. <laughs> that just makes me tired thinking about it. <laughs> it has been a, a learning curve to balance everything. Yeah. You getting treated differently because of that? A little bit. When I see people out and about, they congratulate me. <laughs> and it's a strange feeling. You know, I like the idea that I'm making some kind of impact. As artists, we always hope that. We always hope to believe that what we do matters to anyone. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I find it interesting, too, like when you're putting stuff out there that much and you just, you know, I don't know how much you're even paying attention to who's paying attention to it, but then you'll just be somewhere and someone you had no idea was watching you this whole time is like, you've been killing it and just like, where did you come from, you know? For real. Yeah, it just seems like. But, okay, so something we said earlier, like, I don't know, you didn't do it on purpose. I definitely did, but the Dallas DFW music scene is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, your job is is not hard in that sense because it's like it's hard to figure out what you're going to see out of like four or five things some nights, you know. For real. Honestly, the music scene is the only reason I'm still in Texas Mm -hmm. because everyone that I moved out here with, like a group of six or eight people, Everybody else is gone. They mm-hmm. had, they just, they ended up leaving after the, the event with Color Fun Fest kind of stopped. Right. And I stayed because as soon as I found it, I just kept digging and digging. I started in the blues scene. I worked my way around and found Deep Ellum and then I blew my mind again. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I can walk down the street and hear every genre in the world. Yeah. And there was never a time when I didn't have something I'd be interested in going to see. Uh-huh. And there were, there especially in that very beginning, and I was really getting my feet wet and shooting 
all pretty much every night I would go to like six or seven shows in a week or five shows in a night on the weekend mm -hmm. because you could because yeah. they were there and also I started to get my recognition like people started to recognize me at the door and be like oh you're shooting here get in for free I mm -hmm. want you to shoot this band or whatever like it was this energized time of really chasing what I wanted and then being recognized as a person that could help other people because that's all I really wanted to do mm -hmm. is help other people and show them off to the world yeah that's the greatest thing about being a photographer is our art is based on pumping other people up which I feel like it, it, maybe it takes a certain kind of person to see it that way but I know that's how you see it I mean like it's all about like I love this music I want someone else to know about it you know and exactly uh, yeah I mean it's just I maybe I guess there's some photographers I know that maybe are more looking at it differently but I don't know mm -hmm. I, I came here just wanting to let the whole world know about this scene like that's literally what you get paid for which is amazing <laughs> it's got to be fun but okay so let's let's take it a different direction some of the negatives about Dallas it could be Texas it could be it doesn't have to be work related it just could be living here you know yeah, it's hard to be a woman in Texas sometimes. Uh -huh. Yeah, a lot of anxiety around that sometimes. Yeah, especially lately, geez. Yeah, um, I will say it has been interesting seeing Debellum change. I feel like anybody that's lived here has seen it change over the years, and I've gotten to experience that now having lived here for nine years and having known the scene a little bit more for like seven years. And... I'm already nostalgic for the time <laughs> yes. when I started going to Deep Ellum and I'm like, oh no, gentrification. Oh no, the the wave of violence happening again. Uh -huh. You know, from what I've heard, it happened in the past, which is, you know, there's waves and, and eras to, to times in the way people deal with tragedy mm -hmm. or the way the pandemic has shifted things. And it's something that I hope is still malleable, something that the gentrification, I hope the gentrification maybe doesn't succeed. Maybe it'll, mm -hmm. maybe something that is a a store for clothes that nobody wants now will turn back into a music venue or something like that. I feel like that will happen naturally, but we'll see, I guess time will mm -hmm. tell, but I just, yeah, it's it's frustrating, you know, like certain, mm -hmm. like the noise ordinance stuff where like yeah. venues can't do what they're, I mean, I've, I, I shot, I was going to shoot Hester James one time at mm -hmm. twilight and I get there and I didn't realize like their maximum capacity is like 20. What? Yeah. And they How? had just, that. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they had just gotten the, the, you know, the person had just been there and I didn't go in, I didn't make my money that night. And, mm -hmm. you know, I felt bad for him. I couldn't cover a show, you know. Like they just wouldn't let you in? No. You know, Dang. and then like somebody left and then they let customers in, which I understand. I wasn't yeah. going to buy a drink. I don't want to take right. the space if that's what it is, but that just sucks for them. It's like, yeah. what the hell is that? You know? Okay. So let's, let's take a little detour uh, from the main topic. So you got any favorite spots to shoot like clubs, venues? Oh yeah. Okay. So let's see. I have a little list here. Hey. So when it comes to... Dallas I feel like trees is one of my favorite places to oh. shoot their lighting is usually pretty spot-on yeah uh, I like Granada theater even though I haven't been there in a minute I feel bad that I haven't been there <laughs> I just I don't know so it hasn't like struck me to just uh, do it lately but the Kessler I've shot a lot of the Kessler lately and mm -hmm. something about the vibe there and the way that I'm always 
welcome to kind of just go anywhere I want in that venue. Sure. Helps with the desire and the fulfillment I get shooting there because it's always a special show at the Kessler. It's yeah. always something very landmark, milestone-y for the artists that play there. And so being able to capture a moment there for the artist has always been special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really love shooting there. That's that's Yeah, that's one of my favorites. I, I went to a couple of shows there where I felt like the lights were a little bit harsh and extreme, but that was a while ago, so maybe they've changed that up a little. I feel like it has gotten better. Okay, good. <laughs> good. Because I love the Kelly. Like, don't get me wrong, I yeah. love that place. I'm actually going to have Jeffrey on, Jeffrey Lyles on in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Oh, Jeff is We're the best. go to the Kessler for that interview, oh, actually. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so. Heck yeah, he's definitely famous. He is, but like, part of the reason I want him on is uh, I want to do a little bit of history of mm-hmm. Dallas music scene. I have not lived here long enough to have any idea. You know, like to me, history is like dead flowers and good night. No, like, <laughs> that's not that old, really. But, right. Uh, yeah, he's got the archives for sure. Yeah, definitely. So, well, okay, yeah, what do you, like, I know you're going to be doing kicks you probably as long as you can, but like what else you have going on? You know, it's been one of those things that it's become the priority, shooting and writing for KXT, plus my um, my clients on the side, mm-hmm. the other stuff that I do. I have kind of taken a back burner or put Waffles Weekly a little bit on the back burner because of my prioritization of my time. Mm-hmm. But I would like for that to expand. I would like for Waffles Weekly to become more of a main thing back into my life because it's so malleable. There's no rules. I can do anything I want with it. I just have to figure out what that is. Mm -hmm. And finding that format is, it has been the hardest part. Figuring out what type of avenue I want to go down. Like, do I want to have the YouTube? Do I want to have what kind of things would I want on the website? Because mm-hmm. it still doesn't have a website. It's still just social media. Hey. I, I've ha- I've owned the URL for a long time and haven't built it. And there's no time like the present, but sure, it always feels like that thing that needs every piece of your attention. And it's my attention is currently divided all the time. Yeah. So it's been hard to build it, but I would like for that to be part of my future for sure and also to write music more do more music I, I write a lot but I don't play a lot like mm-hmm. with other people or outside of my house <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> you know um, so I think that building my musical journey plus my media journey I guess is what I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. in the upcoming years I mean, you see uh, just the music just for fun. Can you see yourself recording something? Oh, absolutely shows? recording. Okay. I've ne- I should have recorded five years ago. Like, oh, okay. I want to record to just have it out there, even if it's like just for the existence of it. You I know? feel like with the people that you know, you could literally just go, I'm deciding to do it. And people would be like, I'm there to help you make it happen. Right. Yeah. There's already been a few producers that have like, Hey, waffles, come through. Uh, okay. <laughs> and I'm just like, after I need this, to work on it. After this, you're going to have to work on it more because you're going to start getting hit. Oh, I heard that podcast and <laughs> I I can record you right now. You right? Know. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, I, I feel like being a musician makes you a better photographer when you're shooting music. I mean. Oh, yeah. yeah. 100%. It's especially 
better to have that kind of knowledge when you're shooting video, which I started doing in like 2019 mm. and has become a big part of my business is yeah. shooting video for musicians because I know what timing feels like. I know when a solo is going to come in just by my ear, just by kind of hearing it or feeling it out or paying attention to what somebody's playing on stage versus just the shot, you know, just the visual. It's like, oh, that person's soloing. Let's go ahead and scoot on over and get them in the shot. And then I can feel when it's about to come in with the vocals, even if I haven't heard the song before, which is only intrinsically something that happens with musicians. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll find myself sometimes like, like I see them hit a certain light, a player hit a certain light, and then they're like out of it. And I'm like, I start waiting and like they start rocking in a certain way. And then I'm like, they're going to land in the light again, you know, mm -hmm. like that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah. Um, I mean, this has been great having you over here. Is there anything yeah. else that we didn't get to that you want to bring up? Um, I guess. When does this come out? It's going to come out probably in a couple weeks. So mid, like mid-January. Mid-January. Cool. Yeah, because I just uh, wanted to mention maybe some cool upcoming things sure. that please, I'll be like, at and shooting. And uh, So I guess if this comes out before January 20th, there's going to be uh, Mimo Moriel uh, at Double Wide. And I've known him from Telephone House, but this will be like his band. And it'll be my first time seeing it, but I'm really excited for it because it's one of those things where you've heard of a thing or kind of know a person but haven't seen them play in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And he, I haven't seen him be a leader of a band like that. And it's like a seven-piece situation, so that sounds really it's exciting. double wide, it's a seven-piece? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, cool. Sure they can manage. Right. Um, and then Elena Kay's Cornbread and Country. It'll be my first time attending, but I think this is her five-year, okay. four-year anniversary, one of those. And there's a ton of people from, like, State Fair Records that'll be there. And I love State Fair Records. They've treated me so well. I've I've gotten to create a relationship with them over the years and it's so cool being able to be a person that does stuff for a record label. Mm -hmm. Like even if it's a little less than it used to be now because of like COVID, I think just kind of pulled back a little bit. Sure. But um yeah. And when wait, when is that the Oh, that is January 21st, Elena K. Cornbread and Country. I don't think it's State Fair sponsored, but a lot of the State Fair people will be there. And where is it at? Uh, Sons of Herman Hall. Oh, cool. There's a few shows coming. There's a, that old 97s are doing their 40th anniversary shows, and one of them's there uh, coming up in February. So, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. Anything else? Um. Yeah. I think that it's been really cool being interviewed by somebody who's also Dallas famous. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Didn't think of it like that. I, well, I used to make the joke a lot, but I, yeah. I, you know, it's funny. We I feel like we kind of came up together in a way, even though I'm a lot older, just because I got to this a lot later. Um, but it's been great watching you really. I mean, it's not just you become a better photographer, like the video stuff. I, I mean, I remember when you were walking around with that gimbal and I was like, That's pretty big for this venue. What are you doing? And you, knew what you were doing and you're doing it it's like uh, the whole thing it's i mean like your that job was perfect for you and i'm really glad that you're just killing it and you know you're able to get out there and you know help these musicians and these artists get exposure and you know i mean it's nothing cooler than having you know even if they nothing ever comes of it in 20 years they're going to have cool photos of themselves doing it to show their kids like even that's something that's cool yes exactly know? and 
that makes me think of something that I was thinking about earlier today of how anytime a friend or musician in the scene like passes, I end up digging through my archives mm -hmm. and finding something of them. And I think about that all the time where it's like, I am taking photos of wonderful people who will eventually pass away and at least there will be something there of their time here as they are in their artistic journey, you know, uh -huh. like something that, I don't know, I think is special, something that I think about when I think, I, when I wonder about my own passing and what photos might be used. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get like, that. Do you have like a funeral folder? <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now that you said that, I think I'm going to start compiling one. That's hilarious. <laughs> like, Hey guys, I curated my own photos for my funeral. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like nobody would expect anything less of us if we did that. I feel like the sort of like, in fact, yeah, I'm going to have a talk to my girlfriend about that tonight. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's really funny. Um, all right. Well, hey, Waffles, it was great having you um, on the podcast, and we look forward to seeing bigger and better things. Yay. Thanks for having me, Drew Leo. <laughs> I'd like to thank today's guest, Jessica Waffles. Theme song, Unstoppable, by Celine Narala. You can check out this podcast every week, Tuesdays and Sundays at 1 o'clock on Deep Ellum Radio, and then again in all the pod places. Thanks again for listening, and have a good one. <laughs>